Greetings and welcome to the Mount Rushmore podcast. I am Jeff and I'm joined as always by my good friends Richard. Hello. And Michael. Howdy. <laughs> Richard and Michael like to discuss the most ubiquitous aspects of any given topic. And this week is a little bit different because we're back in the studio, but we're not. We're uh, recording Alfresco uh, because. Yes, Alfresco is here. Star <laughs> of such. No. Sans pants, right? Is that that's am I the only one? He's <laughs> star of Wizard of uh, Wizard of Id comic strip or something, <laughs> something like that. Uh, what a great name. Okay, so yeah, uh, it's hot. It's uh, the heat wave uh, that you experienced a week ago, but uh, or, th- or on Monday, and, and so we're doing this. Okay, who cares? Okay, so uh, this uh, week we are. Um, we could have trays of food in front of us because we are debating the uh, top four dinner scenes. Dinner scenes. Jeff, why did you choose this? Well, hey, Jeff, why did you choose this? <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Fresco. Yes. I was... Hey, uh, forget about it. <laughs> I was watching Diner, and there's so many good... No, no, no. Dinner scenes. Dinner. Oh, Not sorry. diner scenes. Oh, you can have We dinner. did Mount Rushmore of diner scenes. We could get... That's, that's, an, that's a whole other... Yeah, we could get a whole... D- oh, it's diner. Sure. 85% of the... Diner Washington. <laughs> diner Crawl. 85% of them are like uh, Quentin Tarantino movies, though. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, where people explain to other people about life. Um, or Apocalypse Now. There's probably a dinner scene. <laughs> right. Charlie, don't surf. Okay. Yeah, so uh, they're just a, a fun... Uh, uh, backdrop for interesting dialogue to happen. It's kind of the action uh, of which uh, interesting dialogue and things take place. Some scenes, some sh- some long-running dramatic series Jeff, end in ha- dinner scenes. Have yes. you ever had to eat professionally for, like, mm. as you're yes. as you're Great doing question. The first commercial I ever did, I had uh, ketchup on bread and I had to <laughs> slice it quietly with a knife. Oh, no. <laughs> As uh, the host of the commercial talked about why uh, they should sponsor Boys and Girls Clubs of America, and I was one of the wayward kids. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and the second time <laughs> was a commercial for uh, some kind of cold cuts company. And you also had to put ketchup on the cold cuts. Uh, yeah, <laughs> ketchup on the cold. All right, then nobody cares. Okay, so uh, I chose it, so I'm going to decide that, Richard, uh, you go first. Okay, my first choice is from The Incredibles. Oh, fun. fun. Um, which I think is a really fun choice. Yeah. Uh, it is the scene where... <laughs> he, he thinks it's a fun choice. <laughs> I'll, le- I'll leave, and running. I'll leave it to the that. listeners to decide whether <laughs> yeah. or not. Give it a couple of minutes and we'll see. Yeah. Um, this scene came comes about uh, near the beginning of the movie. Bob's just been, slash Mr. Incredible, has been let go from his job and also wrecked his car with his giant meaty hands. And he sits down to a miserable meal where he is just bored with life, not engaging with anyone else at the table. So, like most like most dinners in, <laughs> in my family, um, Helen, his wife, uh, Elast- a.k.a. Elastigirl, is mm-hmm. trying to keep this all together and is just falling apart. Yeah, trying to do this. Yeah. And the kids are fighting with each other, and it it really kind of it shows where Bob in particular is in his life. Mm-hmm. He's living this kind of trying to live this modern suburban life, but he's really a superhero yeah. at heart. And it's the it's you know another. It shows that it's not just at his work where he's feeling this. He's feeling this throughout his life, and there's just a lot of fun little. Things whenever 
Elastigirl's trying to separate the kids and she gets her crazy arms mm-hmm. and you get to see all of the kids' powers a little bit as they're fighting with each other. And it's just a I think it's just a fun scene. Yeah. It does reveal a lot about uh the valiant efforts that she's using all her elasticity to try to adhere everybody together and keep things right. apart and he, he's unable to use his superpower and it's it's he's defeating himself so yeah he's yeah, just fine. sort of there yeah he's not I mean, at one point she even says i need you to engage i need you mm-hmm. to do something which i think we've all been there when we've had crappy days at work and we've come home and it's just like i don't want to talk to people I don't want to have like a family meal. I just want to eat a TV dinner and yeah. curl up in bed. Yeah. yeah. That's all I want to do. And later on, I, I there is a certain aspect in which he still thinks his strength is his identity. And later on when he says, I'm not strong enough, it's because we realize he's not strong enough to lose his family. Right. Uh, so it's, it's an interesting character revelation. Yeah. 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 Awesome. What a fun one. Okay, Winfield, what do you got? Well, I'm going to move one. Um, I'm going to move my choice up a notch mm. to kind of piggyback on your choice. And it is the SNL sketch, Dysfunctional Family Dinner oh. from 1998, <laughs> starring Will Ferrell and Anna Gasteyer and uh, Sarah Michelle Geller. And it's a like five minute sketch that starts out for the first 30 seconds, just this family of three sitting around the dinner table. And it's all just clinking of um, utensils on plates and mouth noises as they're eating things. And then the Will Ferrell father character starts to talk about his day, and it just goes off the rails from there. He starts uh, telling a story through, like, this really uncomfortable silence. uh, And then his wife starts to kind of fill in the gaps of the story, and he just starts getting mad. Starts saying, like... (laughs) Can it can I ever like finish a story? <laughs> and the daughter hates him, and he just starts going into like this super like braggadocious anger role. Just mm-hmm. like imp- you know, he go. Will Ferrell has a way of playing like that weird alpha male yeah. that must exist in the world that I've never seen. Yeah, but I can imagine blustery, blowhard, yeah. self-important. And he just yeah. starts talking about how he's division manager, and you can't talk to me this way. <laughs> and then it's and then everything settles down again, and it's just so much of the the scene is just that uncomfortable silence of like just china and uh, metal on plates and like yeah. cutting meat and vegetables and whatever. And then mm-hmm. like the daughter erupts and says something awful and. It all culminates with him just getting super mad and screaming, I, I drive a Dodge Stratus. Just, <laughs> it, it is like the, the smallest things that he is hanging on to in his life. And the scene finally ends with like the daughter storming out. And my favorite thing is uh, he pushes all the vegetables off of his plate. Or no, like like he he clears his daughter's plate. He pushes all the meat onto his <laughs> and all the vegetables onto his wife's plate. And it's like... That is such that is such a small little detail that is just yeah. so perfect because yeah. I, I don't know how many times there's been an extra piece of whatever food left over that I'm just I'm human mm-hmm. garbage disposal at dinner, <laughs> whether it's, it's my whether it's my son's <laughs> something uh, Felix hasn't eaten or something that like Emily can't finish. She's reached her peak and it's just like I I should it's, it, it's not enough it's not enough for leftovers uh, but enough for me to be like regretting this. Yeah, right. Why, why do we think these scenes are so rich? I, and I think of in a family scene, it's uh, 
it's a statement of hierarchy. There's often a dad at the uh, end of the table who's kind of the founder of the feast, and he's supposed to be getting respect, but he's not always happening. Um, hmm. And then, like you said, everybody's got uh, knives in their hands, <laughs> so there's something. Well, it's interesting to see, like, you know, I was when Richard was talking about his pick, you know, they're so in the same, they're cut from the same cloth, these two people. Like, uh, Mr. Incredible is yeah. just, he's beaten down by us, by this job and this family structure. And this guy is too, but they're reacting to it so differently. Mr. Incredible is turning inward. He's yeah. walling himself off from everything. And then uh, the dad from this sketch is just like blustery and yeah. uh, overbearing about it. And, you know, has to, has to prove a point. He's asking for some theater uh, yeah. uh, to be performed. The We Love Dad <laughs> theater piece that he expects to be performed. Uh, is that the only Will Ferrell dinner scene in your oh, okay. list? Uh, it is, so wow, I'm excited. I was, I, was surprising. I was surprised you did not go with the uh, the dinner scene from the uh, Talladega Nights. <laughs> that one is, I mean, that one is really... What's wild is like trying to think of this category that Jeff posed... There is like, it is so like sometimes we've had categories or had topics mm-hmm. where we're really just like scraping. It's, Autumn, it's, it's a, so there it's are so obscure that we're just like we're gonna get three of the four things the same. Right. This is just like everyone has dinner in every movie and in every show <laughs> and in every anything that it's so you know it's so vast but still you that that was a that was a wild scene too. Yeah. All right, um, and Freddie. All right, my second choice is... Actually, I'm going to cheat a little bit because it's a, one movie with two separate dinner scenes. Oh. Uh, that is Back to the Future. Mm. Oh. Uh, and you want to talk about an awkward awkward dinner. <laughs> How about having dinner with your mom and she's trying to get into your pants <laughs> and offering to sleep, let, let you sleep in her room. <laughs> um, and it's set up by earlier in the movie. We see the kind of scene of... Marty McFly at home with his family and it's kind of this like like you said this sort of like typical you know the dad I mean as typical as Crispin Glover as a dad could possibly be <laughs> but it's kind of set up scene and you see his mom is just sort of like she's upset because her brother was supposed to get out of prison and he he didn't so they got this cake they need to eat by themselves um and then you kind of go to this the scene back in 1955 and you get to see she's really she goes from being really repressed to like as a teenager she's anything but that um so it, it, it it's kind of interesting that it uses the two uses the two dinner scenes to try to I Ju- think juxtapose juxtapose yeah. the, the, the 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 mom as a teenager versus as a as a mom mm-hmm yeah. Oh, that's fun to see the character uh, evolution that's taken place. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I like I, it. I like the uh, synchronicity in the scene too, where uh, you know the dad uh, in 1985, they're watching a what is it? Um, it's some 50s TV show, isn't uh, it? Yeah, it's a uh, The Honeymooners or something. And he's like, oh, this is the one where he, you know, uh, or he's just laughing his ass off because it's a sci-fi one, too. Right. He's, like, dressed up as, like, a Martian or a spaceman or whatever it is. And then uh, that same one happens to be playing, you know, 30 years earlier. Uh, uh, when they're... When he's back in 1955 and he calls it a rerun. He's like, what? what's oh, a wow. rerun? <laughs> but uh, I like that uh, 
those little moments that like you know those are it's a nicely paired scene together the two of them really sh- really show how like the family meal dynamic hasn't changed all that much but just the, the characters in it uh, have changed mm-hmm. change yeah yeah because I like like you said I think the 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 dinner scene is such an archetype and I think it it it's in so many movies and TV shows because it's just the potential for tension is just implied yeah you don't need to be told oh sometimes at family dinners things go kind of haywire yeah. that's just a given so mm-hmm. you don't need to set that up so yeah. if you watch a family eating dinner and they're not unless it's one of those like supposed to be a big happy italian family or whatever um if it's not that you kind of automatically know oh this is where all the day's tensions and yeah. anxieties and stress are going to yeah. get like blown up yeah uh, Second City, when Jen and I were involved with it, had a sketch that one was in their kind of Bible of stuff they did all the time, and it was a family dinner throughout the ages, and sure, and so it was twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties. So it was a, a lot of fun. Okay, Winfield, what's your second? Uh, my second choice is the uh, big dinner scene in Beetlejuice. Also on my list. Oh, fun. Okay, great. As we just talked about, how we wouldn't have any choices crossover. <laughs> crossing over. But this scene in particular is so fun because it's so, it's just so wild. It comes out of nowhere with Catherine O'Hara starting to sing the um, Harry Belafonte song. uh, And the possession of everybody at the table, save for Lydia Dietz, to be dancing around to Calypso music is just, it's so strange in a movie that is so strange already. It's weird to go back and watch that movie. And it is just... It is so out of left field yeah. constantly. Yeah. But it feels there are things that like Michael Keaton does that are just very just You've ne- I've never seen any sort of performance like that on screen save of something from like a um a Robin Williams performance mm-hmm. cuz he he kind of cuts in and out of characters and out of voices and mm-hmm. out of impressions and out of just like his entire everything about himself within that movie is wild. And then this scene comes out uh, where they're dancing to uh, the banana boat song and the right. shrimp hands come out and throw everybody down and uh, everyone's sticking their butt in the air and they're all dressed up for this um, just pompous dinner. You know, all these are like, you know, New York people out in the, out in the country. The New York people can't believe they're actually there. They're the people that, that the, um, the Dietzes are trying to impress. Right. They're like... Just coming out to Connecticut or wherever it is, it's just, they, yeah, it's it's awful for them. Yeah, it's awful for them, and they're surrounded by all of, um, the mom's like horrendous art that she does, and she's dressed up just like everyone's dressed like it's crazy. I, I don't know, but this scene is just so great. Well, I just love how everything is set up. Like everything's really like the the look of it is very dark and gothic, kind of in a way. Uh huh. And then all of a sudden the banana boat song kicks in and everyone gets possessed and it's like this, you couldn't have a happier song. Yeah. It would be, it is physically impossible to create a happier song <laughs> than the banana boat song. Yeah. Um, and so that's, again, you've got that juxtaposition between, in this case, the the production design and then what's happening on screen. And that's something that I think Burton does a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, is this the only film where the... The artsy-fartsy types are the outsiders. I always think of, like, Tim Burton as as he's one, he's one off from the Catherine O'Hara and her 
sidekick. Like he, right. He, I think of him as the kind of dark brooding, artsy type. And in this one, well, is Edward Scissorhands an artsy type? Well, I think I think I think Edward. I think uh, Tim Burton falls into that unfortunate category that The Cure used to fall into. Is everyone thinks that he's like goth oh, yeah. or dark and brooding? But you look at his movies. You look at Big Fish. You look at. Uh, Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. All of his movies are very colorful. All yeah, of, like Huey's like, Big Adventure, yeah. yeah. He has a couple of movies that were pegged as kind of like, you know, Edward Scissorhands and mm-hmm. uh, what else early in his career? Like maybe the first Batman. And so I think that he has like, and especially, you know, kind of uh, working with a lot of the same people. Like Edward Scissorhands, like, you know, like uh, Winona Ryder and uh, Johnny Depp. Right. I think that there is an element to Tim Burton that is... Oh, he's that goth director, but it's like, yeah, but he does crazy things. Yeah. He's a very dynamic, weird director. Mm-hmm. He's just eclectic, so. Yeah. Yeah, totally get it. Okay, so we are at our halftime, and I'm going to encourage you to download, rate, and review past episodes, to share the Matt Rushmore podcast with a friend, to go on to our social handles and suggest future episodes. Uh, people who've done it, or sorry, topics for future episodes, people who've done that have ended up being guests on our show, and it's never been easier with the uh, Zoom. We could Zoom you in, have you as a guest, uh, even though we're not Zooming. Mm. Who's, right now? Yeah. who's zooming who? Who's zooming who? The only, the the only zooming is the planes going by yes. overhead. <laughs> planes and trains. And what was better? Just us being alone in our individual houses <laughs> and rooms or the world? The world. I don't know. It's this Tonight, it's good. Tonight, it's a nice and breezy and good. Okay, so we are back. Richard chose Beetlejuice also, so we'll, we'll find out where your fourth one is. No, no, no. We'll, no. we'll go to me. No? Go to Michael. Okay, Michael. okay. okay. All right, we're back. <laughs> Michael, what's your third? My third choice is the dinner scene from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Oh, fun. Oh, a fun one. Uh, where uh, Indiana and... Um, they named the dog Indy, by the way. That's right. And um, Willie and uh, Short Round are kind of... Uh, uh, they go to Bangkok Palace, and they're taken in by kind of the child... He's not quite an emperor. He's like a... Sultan. Sultan or, or something. Yeah. And he is... Um, they're kind of welcomed in of, around this table. It's this big, you know, it's almost very Beetlejuice-esque as well. There's just, there are fancy people around this yeah. elaborate setup for the table. And there's the people that are there, the, the Joneses and Willie Scott and Short Round that are definitely outsiders, although they're kind of dressed up too, I guess, except for Short Round. He's still wearing his Yankees baseball cap. Right. And uh, they come in and it's very lavish. And uh, there's all this food on the table. And then each... Uh, course that comes out is just progressively weirder and weirder. Yeah, whether it's right. these beetles that are being opened, and these, and uh, you know, Willie starts crossing her eyes and uh, almost throwing up. And uh, <laughs> uh, then I believe it is. Uh, I I don't remember the order. Uh, I can't remember is monkey brain stew or then snake surprise or snake surprise then monkey brain. Oh, like there's an eyeball soup, right? And just the. Uh, you know, it's a little culturally insensitive, as the entire kind of movie is. Yeah, yeah, it's not a. It's a little problematic that movie on rewatch. But like, to be a kid watching that movie, it's just I, I can't imagine a better scene to be grossed out that is obviously fake. Like they're right. obviously mm-hmm. not eating monkey brains. They're obviously not eating live snakes coming out of a giant snake. Yeah, all these little creepy, weird things. It's like a dinner scene that's fancy, but has this 
you know, or the backdrop of something being so extravagant, but then ultimately, you know, it's just like a fun gross out contest. Steven, yeah, yeah. Steven uh, Spielberg gross out thing where he's just loving. I, I bet he loved filming that scene. I bet he loved. <laughs> I bet he loved all the things oozing and just trying to get the eyeballs to turn up properly and have, like the, the jello mold for the monkey brains and it's just perfect you, you get the feeling spielberg sang great green globs of greasy yeah. grimy gopher guts <laughs> a lot when he was a kid that's so funny i just feel like between that and star wars um we're seeing a filmmaker age their series down with every episode and so, right even though that was the darkest one with his divorce and all that stuff he was going through but uh, there was ripping of hearts out of chests and things like that yeah but yeah that was a gross out first of all the most i think unfortunate thing in that film is this very unfortunate scottish accent that uh, that ford puts on i mean that's talking about racist wait 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 what no <laughs> when it comes you're to thinking of last the, crusade the tapestries that's, that's last crusade that's, yeah. okay uh, I, suck. I suck all right all right I suck okay uh man Freddy, what's your final choice could have gone with multiple uh gangster mafia oh. movies or tv shows yeah. yeah had several on my list uh shout out to the final episode of the sopranos yeah. shout out to godfather mm-hmm. but i had to go with goodfellas okay also on my list. Is okay, it, yeah. okay, okay, which one is it, though? My, the scene that I chose. Well, I, it's your choice. Okay, so, so let's, let's find your choice. Okay, so my choice is after they've after they've done this big bloody murder, and they've got the body <laughs> in their trunk, and uh, Joe Pesci's character goes to his mom's house because yes, he, that's what I, that's the one. Cause he oh, wants okay. to get a shovel yeah. or a spade or something like yeah. that. And his mom wakes up in the middle of the night sees blood all over him and you have to make up the story about hit they hit a deer <laughs> and, sh- and all she wants all she wants to do is see her boy and make them a nice big dinner yeah even though it's implied that it's like 11 o'clock midnight something like <laughs> she that she has no problem she has she she is ready for the situation where <laughs> this is like has, her dream situation she just has a full meal prepared at 11 at night Although I do believe they put uh, ketchup on spaghetti at some point right there's something weird that happens that's like what is going on here yeah it's very strange but i just i just that scene yeah. kind of encompasses goodfellas that kind of mixture of things that are very funny but also very horrific at the yeah. same time mm-hmm. and you can kind of see that playing through uh uh ray Liotta's face as they're sitting down at the dinner table and he's on one hand, he's very revulsed. You know, there's this revulsion of them kind mm-hmm. of just talking about this fake deer that they have to chop up and all this stuff. And then the very last scene, she brings out this painting that she, of, of like yeah. this old guy yeah. with a couple of dogs. And they realize the old guy looks exactly like the guy Billy that's Bats. in their trunk. Yeah. Billy yeah. Bats, who's <laughs> in their trunk. And even at that point, Ray Liotta starts cracking up a little bit. So it's that kind of like balance of this. We're doing awful things. We're showing you really horrible things. These are awful people. But there's a lot of humor in Goodfellas as well. There's an interesting mirror in this movie with these strange late night dinners that that don't seem unaccustomed to like this lifestyle and this culture that they're in. I don't mean like an Italian culture. I mean, just like a mafia mafia (laughs) gangster culture where like late in the film when things are getting frantic and it's like near the end and uh, Ray Liotta's character is like running all over town and he's talking about like having to get the drugs this place but then having to also make this dinner for his brother's birthday and to make the meatballs and do the sauce and everything the right way right 
And then at the end, it's also this weird late night, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock dinner. And it's a weird family dinner. Like everybody is around this dinner table. And it's way too late for a normal dinner. A yeah. normal dinner. And everything's like the sauce is burned and everything's kind of like whatever. And people are just kind of strung out around it. And just to compare that, like kind of in the midpoint in his life and near the end of this movie is very interesting because they're both like these strange late night dinner things. Right. And one is kind of, one kind of works because it comes from a home and a mom that is loving of her son and loving of her son's friend regardless another one is just built on like cocaine <laughs> right they could have been eating cocaine yeah. as their main course and it would have yeah. been about as appropriate it does seem like in both those circumstances the task at hand is interrupted by this ceremonial duty of a meal shared and right. like when he's uh trying to prepare for when he's seeing the helicopters and all that kind of stuff he's also trying to pre- isn't he trying to get ready for a dinner too he's like picking up yeah, he, that's all yeah. part that's of the this dinner. Yeah. He's, like, yeah. he's trying to remind people to stir the sauce so it doesn't burn. He's trying to, uh, he's trying to position all these different people in different places, but he's not, he's not equipped to do it. Yeah, he's a, a cokehead and like <laughs> right. a gangster, and he's used to living life on the edge, and things are just he's falling off uh-huh. every side. Yet at the end of the day, he's still trying to just do like a family dinner for his brother, and it's just like. Yeah. Such a total failure. Yeah. Right. And and then the other another dinner scene in that movie is the prison dinner scene. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that's another fun one. And then that one is, is kind of you know, versus that last scene that you were talking about. This one you get the sense that even though they're in prison, they're enjoying their meal a whole lot more than yeah. than the Hill family did at that in in that set, that last one that you yeah, referenced. For sure. Yeah. Well, that's a lot of fun. What I I don't know why I, I'm so drawn to these. I also think of you know, Italian American dinner scenes of Tony Manero getting his hair uh, muscled in oh, Saturday sure. Night Fever, <laughs> or uh, you know another thing that even came to mind was um, uh, in early days of MTV. MTV kind of succeeded in making um, in excess uh, popular. These guys, idiots from Australia. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the really good looking guy, and yeah. then a bunch of goobers behind yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and they had just the kind of Bacchanal, um, I think. It's called Mad Max. It's called Mad Max. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, the one thing or something, there was some din- uh, Yeah, Bacchanal he's like crawling. Dinner. Isn't he like yeah. crawling over the table yeah, or some, yeah. it's like a Tom Jones sort of like yeah. vibe. Sexy, almost Not like that a, Tom Jones, the movie Tom <laughs> Jones. The, yeah. Uh, uh, almost a Fellini-esque Tom Jones thing. Um, yeah, food as as a sexual metaphor too. That mm-hmm. doesn't always happen. In all these fa- things with family, but yeah, fun, fun, fun. I place. had big night written down. Then I remembered that basically, the dinner scene never happens. Hmm. Oh yeah, because um, Louis Prima never shows never up. shows up. <laughs> so I, I kind of thought about that one, like as a hey, what happens when dinner doesn't actually come off? Yeah, so, yeah. There's, a, I mean, this is is such a depth to to just whatever dinner is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aliens, or Alien, Alien, the first one. Yeah, that scene where just every you know the chestburster comes out yeah. of uh, William Hurt's chest is mm-hmm. just John like, Hurt. John Hurt, thank you. Um, is wild. Uh, another one that I was thinking, as if we're doing like almost made it honorable mention. honorable mentions. Mm-hmm. Um, Rocky Horror Picture Show. The oh big, sure, the big reveal when they have like Rocky splayed out and cut yeah. open underneath the table and they realize they've been eating him at the end not rocky but somebody else maybe meatloaf uh yes Whatever meatloaf, his thank character's you. name mm-hmm. is i forget uh 
Because I'm not a weirdo. Johnny, I haven't seen Johnny, it 20 times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it was Johnny. Johnny. I mean, <laughs> every 1950s character was named Johnny. Yeah. Uh, but, like, it's, you know, I, it's funny. A, a lot of my, I tended to think of, like, these more, like, surprise moments that happened at dinner. Sure. Like, or, like, these weird, it's, a we, it's such a weird conflict-based thing, just having dinner. But then, I don't know how many times that. You could have also done a Disney or Disney adjacent mm. yeah. dinner scenes. You could have had Incredibles, Lady and the Tramp, yeah, uh, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Mm. I mean, the list goes on. They, mm-hmm. There's a lot of eating mm-hmm. happening in Disney mm-hmm. movies. It's a great contrivance. I also see it happen in a lot of reality, Real Housewives things. It's a great uh, contrivance to get your ensemble together in one scenario sometimes ply them with uh, uh, mood enhancing stimulants and things like that to make bottle the, of wine yeah, or whatever to try to surface every objection and, and they're staring right at each other so they have all kinds of opportunity to go tete-a-tete mano a mano alright so let's rank it up what it was since you guys both chose them let's do Beetlejuice and Goodfellas and then I got the willies hearing about all the food so dinner scene from Temple of Doom and then the um, willies the willies got it and i need to get over my i've never seen back to the future since the movie i saw it in the theater oh really so what? I'm gonna, i have not oh my goodness jeff i'm gonna get on that plane and i want to fly to go see it see you guys uh so let's go back to the future so so this has been the mount rushmore of dinner scenes in movies i as always am richard I'm Johnny. <laughs> oh no, it's Johnny. <laughs> Not Johnny. I'm Michael. <laughs>